1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Alright guys, welcome back to another episode of the Chasing Tales Outdoor Podcast, brought to you by you. Thank you to all of our Patreon subscribers that uh, are following uh, us on Patreon, who have donated to support the cost of this show. Big thank you to you, and uh, stay tuned. We told you there's some cool things coming down the pipe for our Patreon subscribers, and it's very, very close. So, thanks to you. If this is your first time listening to the show, I'm Walt, I'm your host, and I am joined from across the great state of Florida by my co-host, Chase Buddy. How the hell are you? Ah, man, I'm doing awesome, dude. Doing awesome. Can't complain. Or uh, looking, getting ready, looking forward to uh, the deer season to kind of kick off here in a couple of months. Just got the cameras out not too long ago, trying to put some fresh batteries in and uh, oh, yeah. get them going, maybe get a little bit of intel, um, and still trying to get out and fish as well. Um, how, how are you doing? Man, I'm doing great. We're going to have to talk more about the, the, the what we've got coming up for the next couple of weeks but i did a little fishing with my wife and uh have i busted out the bow yesterday and uh dusted her off and apologized for not uh, shooting her over the summer but i've been busy fishing as you guys know and uh yesterday or sunday i got into some nice redfish uh due to some hot tips from people and some gear recommendations by y- yourself and uh we fry- we cooked all that up this week and i am ready for this weekend cuz i'm ready to get back out there myself oh nice dude yeah those were uh you caught some nice fish there that one redfish 30 inch redfish uh, that that's a big yeah. red dude uh pretty much anywhere so i was proud of you for yeah. uh, getting out there and getting after it and you caught uh, how many did you end up catching total i know i saw at least three different ones of picks that you sent to yeah. me yeah so we got those three we got the the fishing got really hot right as uh we had to leave. You know, we only okay. had a couple hours to be out there, yeah. and Elena had to, to be back for a, a a work meeting that evening. So we we kept uh, kept that twenty five incher and brought it home and, and cooked it up. And Elena is fully hooked. and And I quote her response: "We need to do this every weekend." So oh, that's, that's music in my ears. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's awesome. So yeah. it's gonna be a good time, man. But uh, this week's episode is one that shamefully took me way too long to get on the docket. Now, in all fairness. It was four different people on this podcast, and we had to try and link up four different uh, schedules and get it all lined up, and it took a lot longer than I would have liked. However, we got everybody in one place, sort of, and uh, we tried something new. We tried FaceTime audio, uh, well, FaceTime video. I had to resort to audio because of my connection, but we're trying a, a new way of, of capturing the audio and communicating with our guests. Um and it turned out pretty good. You know, there were a couple glitches in there, and I apologize on my part. I think uh, there's a part that I'm going to end up cutting out because of it, but uh, it turned out pretty well, and, and uh, I think everybody's going to enjoy it. But 
we're it's almost hunting season for a lot of people in the in the world. They're starting to gear up. Uh, when we record this, we're almost we're a little past halfway in July, and we're starting to phase into some hunting topics. And this week, it's elk hunting. And uh, we talked to a couple of guys, Tyler and Jordan from Engage and Conserve YouTube channel. They went out to Idaho, DIY, over-the-counter, never been out there before, and had a damned good time. Yeah, they did. Uh, it was really uh, kind of cool to hear a gr- about a group that went out there, really uh, a little bit of intel, not a whole lot. Uh, they allotted right. basically... Of 14 days total, it sounded like, and it sounded like they hunted for, what, 10, 10 or 11 days, um, yep. and went out there, got it done, had some mishaps happen, but that's going to happen on uh, any hunting trip. Um, oh, yeah. So, I really enjoyed the story. Uh, they just mainly talked about the hunt, which was what we kind of wanted. We may have them back on to kind of talk about gear or how they prepped and stuff like that, but we were we had kind of... Hadn't really been telling a lot of stories lately on the podcast, so I figured maybe it was a good time to kind of transition back to telling some of the, uh, getting back to some of the roots of chasing tails outdoors and telling the story. I, you could, you took the words out of my mouth. Without further ado, I bring to you Tyler and Jordan's elk trip to Idaho. All right, guys, we are back for another episode, and this one's a little weird for me because right now I'm staring at three other gentlemen in three different parts of the country. I've got my co-host Chase tuning in, as always, from the hellhole of Florida. I've got Tyler joining in from somewhere in North Car- South Carolina. North Carolina. North Carolina. It's the same thing. There you go. There, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and then uh, Jordan came down from his, his ivory tower of, of work and, and recurve bows to, to join us. We've got return guests Tyler Ross and Jordan Hotchkiss. Dude, how y'all doing? Doing great. How are y'all? Doing all right. There you go. <laughs> oh man, this is gonna be a this is gonna be an awkward format, I think, at first. But we'll get into a groove here after a few minutes because <laughs> we're all on one FaceTime call, and uh, it's it's gonna be interesting. So I normally don't look at people while I record, and normally I can just like daze off and, and like be slack jawed in the corner, just listening to what's going on, thinking about my next stop. But uh, I have to be a little more present for this podcast, I guess. So um, today we're gonna be talking about a topic that has been discussed. Uh, numerous times amongst the four of us. Uh, it's something that happened almost a year ago, and I'm, I'm ashamed to say it's taken me this long to get my good buddies on the, the podcast to talk about it. But we're going to be talking about two guys, well, actually a group of guys that did their research, went out west, and pursued elk and had a damn good time doing it. And I think that their perspective coming from an east coast going west and the story that, that unfolds when they get there is going to be an awesome one. And on top of that, on top of going out west for the very first time, they decided to lug in camera equipment. And Tyler uh, seems like he ran a lot of uh, videography and, and, and had a lot of uh, thought that went into getting all this on video. So when you're done with this episode, you can go to their page and you can watch the YouTube episode. But to get that information, you got to wait to the end of the episode. And uh, Tyler and Jordan are going to tell you exactly where to go. But, gentlemen, high-level conversation. What was your feeling having returned from Idaho chasing Wapiti? Start off tricky. <laughs> All right. So I guess like what was our feeling when we got back? Yeah. Like out of that and everything. Yeah. Oh man. Um, you know, you always hear people talk about man, there's nothing like it and you're like, Oh, okay, cool. You know, you're listening to them, but it's it's unreal and it's all that I have come with hunting, it's all that I've thought about and continue to research and continue to read about and listen to stuff about and watch videos about since we got back. Um, I know I've probably 
blown up people's phones more than Tyler and David's with uh, spots, you know, off of Onyx and stuff like that. But it's, uh, I, I don't, I don't really know how to describe it. Like it was, it was freaking amazing. Yeah. I think for me, you know, it was, I, I kind of felt like it was a dream really. Like I kept thinking like, did that really happen? You know, I dreamed about going elk hunting for so long. I mean, when I was a kid, nine, 10 years old, I used to get up on Sunday mornings cause that's when Primo's truth about hunting was on TV and mm. watch those guys chase elk. You know, at the time growing up, you saw something, you know, it's almost like a pipe dream. You don't realize it and a possibility for, you know, guys from North Carolina to go out and do that. And the fact that, that we had the experience we had, it was a dream come true. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I think for me, as as y'all were talking, I was thinking about what it was like to, to head, what it's going to be like to head out there because I haven't seen that part of the country yet. And as we record this, I am 42 days away from flying out there for my own first experience, you know. So my initial thought is I've waited this long to go out there because I needed to make sure I had roots planted here because I was worried it would stir something in my soul and I wouldn't want to return. Was that a feeling for you guys when you got out there? Did it stir something that uh, the the North Carolina mountains just didn't do for you? Well, I'll, I'll say that the Southern Appalachian Mountains of Western North Carolina is how we know that God is real and that he loves um, But... I would happily go in some time out west for extended amount of, amounts of time. If I had to live somewhere else, I'd definitely go. Me and Jordan talk about it all the time. We could just convince the wild. We'll just yeah. uproot and go. <laughs> Chase, Chase, you've got like a 15-year plan to get out to Montana, don't you? <laughs> yeah, T-minus 15 years. I'll be retired. So I'm planning on moving out west somewhere part of the year. I know I'm not going to be out there during the cold parts of the year, but I'm definitely <laughs> planning on getting out there maybe summer through, I don't know, maybe November-ish area, uh, and then head kind of head back this way, maybe chase, chase the uh, the Midwest rut uh, for whitetail, but we'll see. Uh, it all kind of depends on what, like you said, what the old lady wants to do. Um, she may get out there and not like it, but she can spend six months down in Florida <laughs> without me, I guess. <laughs> Oh, she would probably man. prefer that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, that's that's something that Elena and I have talked about a lot is like the ability to move out west. And I think in reality, I'll just make trips out to uh, Mon- uh, Chase's uh, Montana bachelor pad and just hang out with him for a little while because the southeast, man, we've got too much family, too many ties down here. And I think it's a lot more affordable, like Jordan talked about. I think if people really budgeted right. I mean, I, I was lucky to follow along to the process part of this where you know tyler was updating me bought this gear today borrowed this from a buddy you know sold a kidney yesterday and now i can afford the tag and you know it's it's one of those things where he piecemealed it together and and had a good time um what uh what do you think your biggest well i don't want to go that way chase what questions do you have to set the stage for this for this uh hunting trip because i I almost took that like way too far into well had, had you guys ever been out there before at all like was when you went out there for that elk hunt was that your first time ever setting foot in idaho in idaho yeah I, when i was in high school i'd backpacks um in montana and wyoming but that was the first time for me in idaho okay well, when you got there was it anything like you expected or just totally different we talk about this a lot and jordan can echo this man like pictures don't do it justice like it it is beautiful um it was a lot like what parts of a whole other animal yeah yeah i've heard that about uh, idaho because uh, we've had uh, preston on from diy hunter yep. and he kind of said the exact same thing when when they were out there uh chasing elk uh, that's kind of cool to hear um other than that man uh we're kind of gonna forego the like prep for it and kind of 
then we want to just dive into them setting foot in Idaho and talk about their hunt? Well, yeah, I mean, I want to ask one question, and it's the one that I ask, I think, a lot of people prior to we start talking about things. Oh, I just knocked over my, my phone. That is, every trip that I go on, largely because these trips that I, that I do, I don't know anything about where I'm going. I've got really low expectations. That way I'm not disappointed. Now, you know, you're going out to this place. I don't think anything, I don't think anything about this trip could have been a disappointment, like, except for like, maybe, I don't know, hunting a a preserve you're not supposed to and coming home with like a wildlife infraction or something, you know, like what, but I want to know what was it that you guys had said to yourselves as a group, there are four of you guys, I believe, what, would it take for the trip to have been like a bare minimum success? What were you guys looking? Jordan, you got that one, bud. You know, I think for me and, you know, the rest of the guys, I I was really hoping if we got elk and saw elk and like had any kind of opportunity, then that was a success for me because I had never even heard heard, an elk bugle, anything like that, you know, obviously live. Um, And just my goal and our goal, I I think, is, hey, if we can get in some elk and see some elk and just have an opportunity at all, I think that'll be a successful trip. I mean, you know, just to find elk. So was it a, a, it's brown, it's down, if it's legal, it's getting an arrow flung at it? Or was there like some kind of standard that you had before you would pull the trigger? I know what Tyler's answer is to this. Jordan, you're kind of the guy that that goes after a little bit bigger uh, animal. <laughs> was there any any con- conflict between the y'all in the group? Nope. And there'll be a funny tidbit about that later. But <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, it was it was no for all four. It was like an eagle animal to go. Okay. Okay. All right. Hey, so y- y'all chose Idaho because it's over the counter, and you could all go out there at the same time. Yes. Yeah. Okay. okay, right on. So four guys, it's brown, it's down, public land, never been there before in Idaho. You drove out there, which uh, I- I'm told the smell on the way back was something that, that reminisced a junk, uh, a garbage pile. But what was that that ride like? Like I ha- I'm sure there was a moment when you thought we're west, right? And was that when you saw the Rocky Mountains? Was that, a, was that like the moment where everybody got really excited? What was the point in which you, you really knew it was, it, it's time to hunt, we're there? I think probably when we crossed through Nebraska into Wyoming and started seeing antelope, we were just like getting pretty giddy at that point. Yeah. <laughs> and when we saw those uh, windmills coming in, yeah, like, uh, man, but I, I guess like, I don't know, man, I've been very fortunate to go and, and I've hunted Illinois. I've hunted Ohio with David here in the future. I'll go on with Tyler, but really like the second, like it sunk in me was when we started that suburban and pointed that nose west. <laughs> and that was... I just, you know, that's, I don't know how to describe that. I hear you. So day one, you get there. What's the, what's the plan? Where are you, where are you headed with, with your setup? Are you packing everything in, uh, like born and raised style and you're just going to huff it out back there until, uh, you kill something or what? We were, I think we were basically prepared to hunt anyway in style. I mean, planning on kind of, you know, backpacking in, which we did end up doing, but, um, initially we kind of car camped basically, but the biggest thing we kept taking from all the people who did this consistently was don't get hung up on one spot. Like if the elk aren't there, they're not there. So when we went into mm-hmm. it, you know, we were making a conscious effort not to like put all our eggs and we hit it hard at the we didn't find elk. But we realized, hey. So day one, you get there, you load it up, you hit your first spot. Uh, was the spot what you expected it to be? Was it, was it, were you excited? Were you less excited? What was it like? It, uh, Tyler, you're grinning yeah. from ear to ear right now. What what was that for? So, like, when we pulled into that first spot, like, it kind of sunk in how big that kind of, like, <laughs> we started driving, looking, and we are like, 
oh man, you know, I, I wonder if that's big enough to hold help, you know, like, and then we're driving and we're still <laughs> driving and we're still on this, it's getting bigger and bigger. And I was like, holy crap, man, this, you know, um, and yeah, I mean, it was, it was that first spot we was really a cool spot. It was at the, we drove as far up the trail as we could, got out and right there at the car, the Suburban. And, uh, that evening, like, so the night, when we got there the night before, we had to stop and get our license. Um, and then we stopped, camped on a piece of BLM just to get where we're going. And then we went in, um, uh, we ended up going to the spot that we picked out our first spot. So like we hunted that afternoon. Um, should we have probably just like killed out? <laughs> probably but dude there there was it wasn't gonna happen like when we got camp set up looking at on it we're saying all right we're gonna go over here tyler's gonna go right here david's gonna go over here you know and um it it set the bar pretty good what, what, yeah i mean like i'll mimic what tyler said we realized how big that country was the biggest thing for me was like these mountains were so open we're so such heavily timbered in appalachian you know like those mountains were bare and you're like, Oh hell, I'll be up there to that knob in fifteen minutes and it takes an hour and a half to get like it's just so big. You don't realize how and, yeah. And I'll I'll say we had a little bit of an advantage, like because we live, you know, above three thousand it wasn't too tough and the elevation changed worst place, I think. What, Jordan, we hit nine thousand maybe. I I don't even think it was um and overall it was all right, but man, I tell you when with that, when we started up that hill that first time, it just kept getting longer and longer. And I like I almost I hated. <laughs> yeah, I, I imagine it would. Why don't y'all do this? Because I'm not privy to a lot of the details. I think Tyler, in the times you tried to talk to me about it, I asked you to kind of keep that close to the vest by and large the details of it. Why don't you take it from here moving forward and kind of outline how the trip goes? And as I see fit or Chase sees fit, we might interrupt and 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 poke around a little bit um, to to get the detail, maybe a little more details about a, a little subject or something. Uh huh. Yeah, Jordan, you want that, to, that, I'll, I'll tell them about that first evening. Um, we went up to a spot, Tyler's son, the stomach, and Tyler, oh boy. I, and look, man. This is, is your other buddy, toughest. Tyler. Yeah, Not talking about talking yourself. Third person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, I guess we need to preface it like me, Jordan, and Tyler have known each other since first grade, and then we met David, and uh, we've always kind of gone outdoors. Me and Tyler have been tight a long time. Um, he's one of the toughest beings I know. And he went up the side of that mountain, warmed up cow crap <laughs> and went up there and sat down and like started glassing. And we got up above him. He started looking around. We heard uh, a couple four wheelers, dirt bikes. Oh no. And yeah, people were like, there was illegal OHV use like crazy. We were at, I filmed it. I think I saw organizations, um, <laughs> never heard anything back. Cause I mean, all I had was pictures of some fat dude with a mullet riding around with his, you know, it looked like his baby brother's helmet. You know, was this so. Florida or Idaho? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, and we went up there, but like me and Jordan, like we're walking around. It's so dry up there. We found crap. We found scat everywhere. Elk scat. But it was so dry, we couldn't tell how thin it was. And we hunted, like, I guess, Jordan, we looked at it kind of like deer. We found rubs. We found trails. Um, oh, they're everywhere but i mean we didn't know what fresh elk sign looked like we didn't know we had no clue uh, didn't, didn't know at all and then and then that night we just went back to the camp um cooked dinner and our game plan was uh i think we agreed right then didn't we? the next morning we were going to go out and if we didn't find any fresher sign or here we we're going to pick up and go to uh spot b yeah so i'll let uh, you, i'll let you tell the following morning well first hey well how long did y'all a lot when you went out there like how many days and nights were you planning on sticking around or was it just elk or bust? We we allotted fourteen days, and I, I will say, like, and I think Jordan agrees with on this. I, I know he does. Like, 
time is the biggest thing. Like, and you'll see throughout the story, like one of the biggest reasons we were successful is we had the time to be aggressive as we were. Yeah, it makes sense for sure. How long are you going out, Walter? Uh, I'll be 10 days. I'll be out in the backcountry for 10 days. Now, our situation is a little different in that my uncle's toting a trailer out in the middle of BFE, and we'll be touching base with the trailer. It's a, And it's a like a 30-foot-style trailer with beds and a shower and all that. So we'll be touching base with that about every uh, – I don't know, three day, two or three days or so. So that, okay, that'll, cool. that'll be, that'll be different, but um, go ahead, Jordan. Yeah. So, I mean, we didn't, we glassed that whole evening and didn't see anything. And you know, all that sign was pretty old. I mean, there's some good rubs and stuff like Tyler said, but it just seemed, it seemed pretty old. So the next morning we decided that we'd go up this little drainage, like this old, like logging road, I guess what it was. And, uh, just listen and we're like, just try to call. That's another thing I would encourage anybody that's going out there, like, take time and learn to call and if you can run a turkey you know diaphragm in my opinion it's easier to run an elk call than it is a turkey call sure. um but we just planned on going up this little drainage and, and calling a little bit so we got the first light a little bit before you know before light tyler was pretty much tyler nicks our other buddy worn out with that stomach bug and that hill climb so looking back it probably would have been better for him just to hang out instead of try to bomb up the the mountain the first night but um, me and Tyler David eased up this road and, you know, we didn't know what we were doing. We're just like, well, I guess this is a good place to end and start. So <laughs> we uh, had the, the bugle tube and I ripped a bugle and then we just like sat there and didn't hear anything and looked at each other and like, well, I guess we'll just start walking. <laughs> so, <laughs> so looking back, I guess we should have had our bows off our packs, but they were all strapped on and, uh, <laughs> We're like just bebopping up this road like a minute and a half later. Hear this noise up on the hill, and Tyler Ross is like, "Oh, I see legs up there! I see legs!" And he's like, "I think it's a cow." And right as he said, "I think it's a cow," I just see this freaking like moving his rack, kind of moving <laughs> the trees, like coming down to this. He was at a, at a clip, and we're just like. Oh God, instead of just taking it easy, we're just like throwing stuff on the ground, trying to get our bows off our packs. And, uh, we hit the deck. <laughs> but I think we were just such shocked that, that he was coming down. But, and then they, uh, Tyler and David dropped back and I like bombed up the hill, but you know, the game was over pretty much before it started. But we were just so jacked that we actually called a bull in like the first, basically the first time we tried to call. Um, so that was a pretty sweet experience. Jordan, would you, would you have had a shot at that bull if you had had your bow off your back? If we, if we'd have had our bow off our back, we would have, cause we wouldn't have been moving. He was, I mean, he was dead headed straight to us. I mean, I think we would have had an opportunity, but you know, we're just like, we'll just walk and call and you know, we're thinking he'll bugle back and we'll have time to get ready. But obviously we figured out let's learn quick because we figured out, Hey, you know, Let's approach this a little like turkey, like midday turkey hunting, like just, you know, rip a bugle, sit here for a minute, see, you know, if anything comes crawling in and then, and then move, you know, a little bit rather than just calling and then moving and calling. Sure. And moving. Yeah. Um, that makes sense. That makes, I just, I think it's interesting uh, that that must've been the moment that uh, Tyler was referencing about to uh, the, the bigger, is that the, the mo- when I said, what were the expectations? Cause you normally shoot something bigger. Was that uh, the moment he was insinuating there? Oh no. Oh no! Oh, oh man, it gets better, huh? It's a doozy, pal. It's a doozy. <laughs> it's better than getting caught with your pants on the ground. You're telling me. Oh, dude. Okay. But, uh, okay. And then after after that, like 
uh, I guess we tried to do that slow play and we went back to camp and we just kind of had a meeting and we said, all right, you know, maybe that guy was just a straggler because we had not seen any other sign. And then after that, like that afternoon, we agreed, like, let's go to another spot. That makes, do you think he was like, just like a satellite bull or something? Maybe just wasn't the dominant bull and had just kind of broken off and was just coming in quiet just to see what was going on or. Yeah. I mean, we had, you know, we had split up and covered, we had glass all evening covered, like basically all the drainage around there and didn't see one elk. And that sign was just so old and dusty. I think he just happened to be an earshot, you know, passing. There just wasn't, wasn't enough stuff there to consist. Hey, we need to really like dedicate time here. And water was very scarce there. Yes. There was, and, Super um, nice. And, and we were very lucky. Like, uh, I met a gentleman on a uh, hunt talk and, uh, we talked to him and you guys know Jeff Moran with, uh, yep. uh, built for the hunt, um, mm-hmm. talked to Jeff and, uh, you know, they're like, we started talking about other areas to go and they just said, go check these. I'd, I'd talked to the gentleman off a of hunt talk about a couple areas and he had just said, keep trying different areas. That's all you do. So we picked up and, um, we went to our next spot, which in my opinion is one of the most beautiful places I've ever camped in. I mean, it was, it was just gorgeous. I mean, what do you think, George? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was gorgeous. I mean, it was an elky-looking spot, two days there, but we didn't see near the sign there that we had at the previous spot. We found a pretty good trail and a, and a pretty good wallow, but still, it just wasn't wasn't there like we anticipated, and we didn't get any, any elk, but that was a good time. I mean, we saw some mule deer and definitely got some good hiking in. <laughs> we got a lot of good hiking. Um, gosh, it was crazy. But I'll be honest, if we didn't have water those first two days, those first two spots, we'd have been in a bad, bad way. We'd have been in a real bad way. You know, that's, that's what, three full days of hunting down, Jordan. And we were like, all right, let's go. And so we went and we took the knowledge that we had had from the gentleman from Hunt Talking and Jeff Moran. And I called Jeff and I just said, man, I sent him an on, I sent Onyx to him. And I said, where we're looking at, what do you think? And he said, he said, the spot we sent him, he said, if I was going to look at a spot and that, that's the place I would go. So, you know, he's, he's elk hunted more than we have. <laughs> so we were like, all right. Um, we drove out to this spot, and pulled up, getting unloaded and uh, nobody at this trailhead. Now, let me back up. <laughs> we had gone, we had four or five different roads to get in the general area of the drainages we were wanting to. Um, one of them had more vehicles on it tents than i have ever seen in my life oh yeah with north carolina and I've tags been, <laughs> no um, and i've been yeah what were you gonna say jordan i just said a lot of locals that's what surprised me yeah and then uh, uh we went up another drainage it was the same thing went up another one and we started up this spot to where we ended up parking at the trailhead and we started going up this and we started seeing a couple you know a couple tents a couple campers nothing too crazy got up there to the trailhead and we're like, man there's nobody up here so we parked started getting out we were getting jacked and then this Ford, uh, Ford truck pulls up and this dude hops out and he sits, he gets a chair and he sits in the back and he's wearing, uh, a light puffy. He's got a hat, ball cap on, um, jeans and he's wearing sandals. And we're just like, man, who's this guy? You know, like, what the heck is this about? And he <laughs> starts glassing stuff. You, you know, he starts glassing stuff and, um, turns out he's actually one of the coolest dudes we've ever met. We still talk to him. Really? Um, yeah. Dude, he's, he is a man. There's no other way to describe him other than, well, we'll talk about Ralph. His name was Ralph. Um, he was out there with a buddy of his, and uh, he's looking around, and like he's looking over the trail we're going up, and he's telling us about where he's hunting at, and just starts talking to us, you know, shooting them. Um, he had blisters on his feet, so he asked us if we had any moleskin. We gave him moleskins, and, you know, actually him and David still talk at least once a month, you know. <laughs> um, he started glassing and just started talking to him. You know, I'll, I'll let Jordan 
take it from there about our Ralph and Yeah, Ralph was a super good guy. I mean, you know, we hooked him up with some old skin and he kind of gave us some intel on where he was hunting and, you know, said, hey, there's elk in here. Um, and we, you know, we wanted to make sure we knew where he was hunting so we wouldn't mess him up. Um, and then we pretty much just packed our stuff and bombed up this trail until we could find a good, you know, a good camping spot. And we found a good spot um, by some water, which was like a mile, mile and a half in. Tricky. Yeah. I'm trying to think, what we do the next day, Tyler? The next day we got up. Um, I thought I'd heard of you. We went up past the Devil's Knob and uh, up there to that spot. <laughs> is uh, that really its name? It is now. <laughs> <laughs> that thing, that was a bear. That's when you and David went up up high and like filmed those hawks morning. I want to say that was like what day, like day four and five was pretty much we were just walking around looking at this drainage because I mean it was a monster of a drain. Was there, any, was there any sign there to, to indicate to keep looking or were you all just kind of like ambling around calling? No, I mean there wasn't though. We, we really hadn't gotten into any sign and it was so open, you know, there wasn't really anything calling like where we were at. And looking back on it, we were in camp because Ending up, like, once we found elk, I mean, that, that walk, just the hunt, brutal. I mean, my last couple of days, you know, it was, I mean, we we're, were walking two and a half, three miles before we even started hunting, you know, and that's before daylight. It started to get a little rough, but I'll fast forward to kind of, so we were up there. We knew that spot was good. There's tons of people. There's got to be elk in here. So, I mean, do you want me to just go ahead and get into that trick here? Yeah, I think, because uh, that was a big day. That's what we call the day. That's a heck of a day. Yeah, so that was the first experience with elk and I'll, I'll tell my bit and then I'll tell Tyler can tell what was happening at the same time basically. so I start going out this trail and um and again this reiterates how big this country was I, I mean in my mind you know I keep thinking oh if there's an elk on that hillside I'm gonna see it I mean it's gonna stick out like a sore thumb well I'm walking up this trail and there's like this little patchy you know some timber sparse timber on the side of this mountain and I'm like I'm gonna sit right here and glass it well, I literally like put my binocular and when my binoculars hit my eye, it was on a camera. And I was just like, oh my God, there's an elk. But what surprised me was how small this elk was. And then you realize, oh, this tree's 70 foot tall. But from where you're at, it looks like it's like a Christmas, you know? And then once I found her, it's just like, there's another one, there's another one. And it ended up being like 12 to 15 elk. Well, I'm like, sweet, I'm in the game. So the wind was blowing completely wrong. It was blowing towards them. So I had this plan. I was going to bomb up this mountain and go round over the top, go under this knob, and then pop up above them. They were all bedded down, and I was going to in their beds. And uh, so what you know, what I thought was going to take me a little while ended up taking me two hours. Um, and I finally got to the top of that mountain and got over the crest, and I was walking under. There was literally like this big knob on top. And I was walking under the knob, and I, I had it marked on my Onyx. They were on the other side of this knob on that bank. And um, <clears throat> I was about to cross under that knob to go around the side and pop up where they were at. And all of a sudden, this bolt skyline. And I'm like, oh, God. I'm like, they've, they've gotten up. I've taken too long. And then I just see a train of them, <clears throat> one behind the other on top of this mountain. And they're going away from me, but I'm kind of like paralleling under the top. So I literally start sprinting to try to cut them off. So I'm like basically running, you know, on the underside of this knob to try to get in front of them. Well, I get to the other side and I'm like, I'm basically killed. <laughs> and, uh, and then all of a sudden I hear this bull screaming. And that's the first one I heard. And I'm just like, oh my God. Like, and it was past in this burnt timber. And I'm like, crap, you know, these elk made it past me. Well, what I didn't know was I'd actually, they had stopped and fed or something. I'd actually cut them off. So as soon as that bull screamed from that timber, I hear 
a scream, a, a, a screaming bull behind me. And I'm like, oh, oh my God. No. So I'd got myself in between that herd and this other bull. And no longer that I heard this bull scream. <laughs> I heard that other bull scream. And I literally turn around 50 yards. Here comes this lead cow with like a 300 into his nose in her hiding. And I'm like, oh my God. Like, and then this bull like screams in my face and I'm like shaking. <laughs> and um, I'm like trying to get my range finder out. And I, and it was parallel. They like were at a hard 45 going away. From I'm standing on like shell rock. I range. He's already at 65 going away hard. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So I'm just like, it's now or never. I just like just start dropping down this shell. I mean, like rocks going everywhere. I have no, well, I made it like 20 yards down this rock face and I made so much noise. I look up and every single cow is staring at me. Oh, um, no. It was just like, do die. So I go down and I'm like, this bull still in the lead cow and all the other cows behind him are the ones looking at me. Well, I'm drawn back at then their last range I got's like 60 and he's going away. And at this point he was in the timber and I look and there was like a rag hole ended up being like 30 yards closer, but these elk are straight down and, I put it on his vitals in the trigger and missed him by like half a foot over his back. He was like way close. And here I am the whole time. I'm like, I don't see how people miss elk because they're so big. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, and I miss him. But I'll be honest, like I was so like so pumped about being in the middle of like a rut fest. Like it was incredible. And then at the same time, Tyler, I'll let you. All right. So me and Tyler Nick, we had gone, I guess, kind of a little east of Jordan. We were going up another drainage, and we were just, you know, just bebopping along. And Tyler's got this uncanny ability to just find a shed, or um, and he had found a couple mule deer sheds while we were walking up, and he was holding. Um, we got up to this area where there's two springs, and um, we were looking at these springs, and like we just sat down underneath this tree, and I look up on the horizon, and I just see the silhouette of an animal. And I throw my binoculars. Well, there's another silhouette, and it keeps coming. Now, keep in mind, we are, what would you say, Jordan, a half a mile as the crow flies from each other? Yeah. And this is at the exact same time. <laughs> and um, we're just watching elk come piling over that hill. And, I mean, they they were probably, oh, I'd say they were probably a 1,000 yards plus away from, um, you know, we are just staring at them and watching them. And, like, I'm freaking out, dude. Like, I, I don't know what to do. Like, I don't, I didn't know how to feel. You know what I mean? Like, I was. I, was, I don't know if I was hyperventilating. I, you know, I just, I felt like the captain of the football team and baseball team had asked me to prom or something. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm sitting there, I was like, holy, holy crap, what's going on? And Tyler goes, you know, he's still a shoot if it close. And I was thinking, <laughs> hope so. But we're watching these elk and I'm watching the back and Tyler starts watching them. He starts, we counted 50 elk, holy 50 plus crap. elk, eight bulls, and about three of them were spiked. The rest of them were raghorn monsters. Um, but this is at the exact same time that Jordan is going after him. And uh, me and Tyler are watching him. We're like, oh, man, something just spooked him. Like, they start turning away from this timber in front of us. And we see this blob of a man. And he's, you know, he shoots an arrow at it at one. It wasn't, this wasn't me. <laughs> no, it wasn't Jordan. Jordan. Oh, that's where I thought the story was going. Yeah, Jordan was, Jordan was a this dude shoots, misses. And then he walks, like, walks out in this sage. And gets down, shoots again and misses, and then he takes off running after him. And like we're watching it, and I was like, "What is going on?" You know, like me and Tyler, like, well, he's bumped him. So you know, since we had seen elk, all of a sudden I had become an elk expert, as Jordan and Tyler will tell you. Um, <laughs> just because I'd seen them, just because I'd seen them, I was like, "Oh, I know where they're going." 
and me and Tyler took off and that had taken us two hours to get up that morning. We got back down that joker in about 35 minutes <laughs> and we didn't see the elf. <laughs> but we go back up and we start looking around and we're glassing the ridge where Jordan's at and we see Jordan walking and it's so windy. Like we're doing everything we can to like keep an eye on everything. We had no idea where those elk were. So that herd had like taken off back towards Jordan on another mountain. And I, you know, I guess where we actually were, like, we figured it up and we left. We were right where about three herds were overlapping and meet, um, which was oh, wow. freaking phenomenal. Dude, it was, we got, I mean, and anyway, we're looking. We go back up this ridge that was probably worse than the Devil's Knob, but we get up there and we look out, and there's Jordan. Like, we're looking at him through our binoculars and we're trying to wave to him, but it's so windy and we're both so exhausted. Like, it looks like we're just waving at each other and we're trying to give each other direction. Like, we're going <laughs> down to the creek to get water. But like, you know, and our buddy Tyler is like super animated about this. And he's like marching, holding um, his bow forward saying and yelling, we are. But there's no way he's hearing us. You know, he's he's forever and a day away from us. So we start back down the way we'd come. And we thought, hope we were going to get lucky. To, well, we're coming around this corner and we look down into this creek and there's Jordan. Like, and he looks like death. His pack is off. He's filling up with water. He's like. He's got water running through his hair. He's just staring at us like with eyes that look sunken in of a man that had had, had been places. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I was like, what's going on here? And Tyler goes, is he all right? And he's like waving us. Shh, shh. And there's about, what, six men in front of you? Yeah, there's some eel deer in the water and, water and hole there. And we, we walk down through this willow, these willows. And Jordan goes, we're like trying to like, we're so excited to tell him. And Jordan goes, boys. Have I got a tail for you? And we said, you ain't got nothing we ain't already got. And we sat there and told him he had had to go out, so he had missed him. So it was uh, it was pretty interesting. Oh no! <laughs> what uh, what was the what was the group feeling like right now? So your one buddy he leaves to make a phone call, and the most excitement of the trip happens while he's gone. So clearly he probably felt like the cursed one that should leave the group or something. But like you know, you miss what. What did you feel like at that point in time? What was the the feeling of the group? I think we were finally we were like okay because I mean because this is day six or seven you said uh yeah okay so you're halfway through. Six, I think we you know we were excited now because even though I missed whatever we were like okay we're in the elk like we're gonna get another opportunity we felt pretty confident if we could get on elk with our combined hunting experience and that we could you know get an opportunity I think we were disappointed but excited because we knew there were elk there and there were a lot of them sure sure yeah yeah i I could see how that was if it was one or two elk that you had encountered maybe you wouldn't feel quite so uh thrilled about it but between the big herd that you saw and the 50 or so that that tyler had just encountered you probably felt like you were kind of on the money spot at that point you were you were amongst it Mm -hmm. so how how did y'all shift for the next several days after that so no deer no no elk sign elk sign everywhere how do y'all process that and go about the next day well, I'll say the next, so let me backtrack real quick. In, in my pursuit of that first herd, I found where those elk were going in the day. It, it, it smelled like you hear people talk about the smell of elk. I went through the north facing slope of the mountain and it smelled like I had stepped into a barn. I mean, it just hits oh, wow. you. It smells like livestock. I mean, it's, it, it's crazy. Um, and the ground littered with wet, you know, elk crap and horn trees everywhere. So I, I, we knew that the elk were in this area. So, we basically spent the next two days, I'll just make that short, chasing elk. I mean, we got on them every day. We had an awesome experience. We're calling back and forth with bulls, 
bugling back and forth with them. We had them pissed off. Um, we had like a two hour long, you know, running gun, uh, chasing a group of elk back and forth with them. Tyler Nix almost got an opportunity, um, with a bull. And then we went that route and I just heard a whistle. You know what I mean? Like I could barely hear a whistle start. And I was like, well, maybe that was a, and, uh, I cow called again and started walking and breaking stuff. And son, it started screaming at it and it starts coming up the hill. And like, you know, we didn't, it, you know, it was my fault. Like I didn't think to get David positioned better. I was behind him. Um, and I, I didn't think to continue to keep going behind him. You know what I mean? Like I started getting real close behind him and sure. instead of like doing the old waiting for him to hang, you know, they're going to do the hang up. And, um, so I, you know, looking back at it now, I know how we would handle David ranged an area. He like was looking and, um, he had thought, you know, that it was around, uh, 60, 50 or 60 yards where, and, and we started seeing the silhouette of this bull come up the mountain. So he gets ready and pulls, you know, and draws back and thinks he's drawing at, you know, 50 yards. And lo and behold, um, I still think that I still swear that that arrow, when he shot, that arrow hit a twig and shot over that bull's back. I swear the fletching smacked it on. Mm. And he hits the ground and like, he's, you know, he just, he's, he makes a statement. He was like, dude, he was like, I know exactly what Jordan meant, man. He's like, this feels, you know, this is a horrible feeling. Yeah, that's, that, that must be tough to, to have put that much time into it and then to have to, you know, I feel like Jordan's is a little different because it was earlier in the trip. Like, you know, you're bickering at this point, you're arguing at this point, you know, you're, you're start you're amongst the trip, the trips, you know, more than halfway done to have missed a second opportunity. Do you take that a little harder? I think we lost. Yeah, time. I think, yeah. David, yeah, David definitely took it hard. And, you know, we didn't take it hard because we're like, you know, everybody makes mistakes. But he was definitely harder on himself than, than we were. I mean, he was tore up about it just because he felt like he had let us down. You know, everything we did was team effort. Um, but it happens, man. Well, what's it uh, What's it like to be at full draw on an elk? Because uh, Walter and I have never experienced that. Um, and you hadn't before that. So what was the feeling about when you were sitting there at full draw about to uh, release an arrow? Man, it was uh, it was just like crazy. I think it had happened so fast. I'm pretty good at you know, like keeping myself calm in the, heat of the moment, but just everything like between you know that hike and we were in good. I mean, we'd worked our tail off. We'd shot like crazy. I mean, we were prepped, but just the combination of that hike, you know, and the screaming and everything. I mean, I was tore up, like you know, shaking pretty hard, and he wasn't, you know. He was moving, and there's elk everywhere. It was an awesome <laughs> time. I'm like, holy crap, you know? <laughs> yeah, no doubt. I mean, it wasn't an easy shot. Didn't, I mean, you were, what, 60-something yards is what you said is where the uh, elk was when you shot at him? Yeah, but, you know, I, I was I had ranged the big bull, and the ragland was standing there, and it was straight down. And There were just so many variables there that, you know, it just didn't come together. But No doubt. Well, what day, what day are we on? Have y'all... What did you say, day eight, Jordan? Was that about day eight? Yeah. Wow. All right. I mean, that's that's past pretty halfway. Yeah, but that <laughs> that that's a lot of of that's a lot of action for only eight days. I mean, realistically, like you've never set foot out there. You're going out blind to have have had the experience you have. I mean, I know several guys that have gone out there a couple years in a row before they actually you know get get in the elk and and kill them. Were y'all still? at this point, like, optimistic and coming up with game plans? I mean, it sounds like your buddy kind of took it a little hard, but were the rest of y'all still trying to, like, persevere, or was there a little bit of anxiety starting to creep in? I think, you know, there was a little anxiety. I mean, you know, I hunt a lot of public land whitetail, so I know, you know, I've been tons of trips and seen 
a handful of deer. And I, I like to think that I'm pretty, you know, level-headed and try to stay positive. But yeah, I mean, towards the end of that trip, Tricky will tell you, I was I was getting a little nervous. I was starting to get a little like, man, I don't know, you know, if we'll get this done. They, they're just, just between the wind and they just, they cover so much ground. Like, you don't realize how fast they are walking until you're trying to chase them and get on them. Is it that they're moving faster? You just can't move as quickly as you'd like to because you're in the mountains. They, we were, I, hey, we're from the mountains. I, we pride ourselves on that. These the elk just, I mean, you know, one one stride of theirs, four of ours. Yeah, I feel like they uh, they move pretty fast just from watching videos and stuff like that. It, it seems, like, especially some of them uh, bull elk and stuff when they're they're on a mission, so they can cover some ground pretty quick. So I can understand that for sure. At least that's what it seems like. I don't know what the necessarily what the terrain is. I mean, is it super steep out there? Um, are you you're going basically, or most of the time you going down into these drainages, or you are going up? No, uh, most of the elk were, were high, so we did a lot of up. It's pretty. I mean, you know, we got steep stuff here, but the just that shale rock is what I think kind of killed us. Is it's just so like you know, you take a step and slide back, and take a step and slide back, and your feet, you know, by that time, the biggest thing that I think got me anyways was the way my feet felt. They started to hurt from side hilling so much, just slipping on that rock. Um, and what are your thoughts, Tricky? I mean, I, I think we, uh, as far as it goes with, like, Jordan uh, had a gentleman come and hunt with him this year that's from out west. He said, like, man, y'all's, you know, y'all's mountains. He was like, I ain't sleeping on them. They're, they're legit. There's a lot, you know, there's a lot going on with um, There's a lot of elevation change. There's, you know, pretty steep mule face, all that stuff. Um, but, and we had worked our tail off to get ready for that, but man, those animals are just so freaking big. And I don't know if it's their stride. I don't know what it is, but they can cover some ground. Like there's no, well, y'all clearly persevered. What was the next game plan? What was the next step? We had honestly, uh, Jordan day nine, we, we were like, we were thinking, you know, I, I don't know. I think we were thinking that we might be, uh, um, getting ready to call it or no, not getting ready to call it, but we weren't going to like hump it as hard. Right. Yeah. I mean, we were. You know, we were starting to get pretty tired, and uh, the morning we killed, you know, we kind of just hiked up to the same spot where, you know, seen the elk, the same, you know, all of our encounters had been around this area where they were bedding and everything, and um, that particular day, Dave and Tyler, Nick's decided to split off and go another area, and me and Tricky got to hunt together. That was actually the first time we hunted together the whole trip, just me and him, and um, David was actually like, hey, why don't y'all, you know, just head up, you know, on the... So every day before that, we had climbed that mountain to get to where the elk had been. And we hadn't went up the drainage on the backside of it. But we had came down it after we had that, uh, you know, chasing that one day. Dave was like, why don't y'all just go up that drainage on the backside and just sit on that other hill and glass where they're bedding? Because, you know, if they're going to be up there, you know where they're going to be. So they went that way and we went, we hiked up this drainage and me and Tyler had just sat down and, uh, like literally just got our glassing pads out and sat down and look up and there's a bull running out the underside of this ridge um, with six or seven cows. And we're like, holy crap. So we uh, started calling back and forth. we waited till we sat there and glassed it for a minute. And then when I remember, we started calling back and forth, trying to pull him down into that drainage. And he was having no part of it. He wasn't leaving the cows. But he was responding every single time we called. He was sort of like, man, you know, this bull's fired up. We're going to have to climb this freaking mountain again. <laughs> the same one. <laughs> and, and we had both accepted the fact we were like, man, this is the last time we're going to go up there. Yeah. That, and like, I looked at Jordan. And so like, 
we had done the like you're a shooter one or whatever you're the shape and i told him like we're crossing that corner go up the mountain and i like we looked at each other and we knew we had to go straight up we knew about where they were at um i knew we had to get on this trail to cross that and um about that time like i turned and i looked at jordan and i said look if you get the shot you take it we can't go home and eat <laughs> yeah so tyler says jordan i don't care this bull i just want to get it killed and in my mind, I felt like Sylvester at the top, like turning the switch on. I'm like, oh. <laughs> clear the element. <laughs> so we hike up to the top of this mountain and sat down for a second because the wind wasn't quite right. We were kind of like it was between that time of like the wind switching, pulling down and going up. And um, we knew that they were going to be in this area. We had found them before in that in those beds and that thick timber. So we got kind of composed and we got up to the just where it breaks over to where they'd be bedded and and i, I knew I, we talked and we were like if this bull is over here he's going to respond when we call he's so responsive so sure enough man we get to this breaking over the top of this ridge and let out a, a mew and he bugles just like a lazy bedded bugle so we're like holy crap you know we're really excited and we just start going from tree to tree and then we get close and you know as close as we feel comfortable at this point i'd say that bull is probably like 80 90 yards from and every time we cow call, bugling back. And uh, this lasted for what, Tricky? Probably like 20 minutes at this point. Yeah, it was about 20 minutes. We kept going back and forth with it. Yeah. So we looked at each other and we're like, should we bugle at him? And we we're like, you know, we have nothing to lose. So pull the bugle tube out and rip, you know, a bugle. And he answers back. And we bugle back and forth with this bull for like 10 minutes. And he's getting more pissed and more pissed. He starts chuckling a little bit. I chuckle back at him a few times and he starts raking a tree. And uh, so actually the cows, I think the cows, I think, you know, they didn't want to be harassed anymore. So they started to pull away and we basically just started going from tree to tree, like trying to get close to. Them. Well, at this point, you know, we're, we're cow calling or whatever. And Tricky drops back and I get up and I get to the edge of the, you know, the crest and I'm glassing and I can pull down in this dark timber and I can see his rack and he's got these cows. He's just circling these cows. And Tyler, man, starts putting on a show. He drops back like 70, 80 yards and starts cow calling. And um, so he's calling that tidbit I was talking about. Here comes this lone <laughs> calf uh, up. He's beelining right for us. She's like 30 yards. From, and I hear a click. And I turn around, and Tyler's putting his release on his phone. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, so, like, Jordan's up front. You know, he's in front. I'm behind him. I'm Dude, I'm breaking branches. Like, I'm just back there. And that uh, calf comes walking out and i'm like i crawl up there to him and i'm like on my knees in the middle of this trail and i don't even think jordan knew i was there yet and i put that i put that really in the string and i'm sitting there just staring and i look at jordan and jordan just starts like making the very quick like no don't do it and like doing the hand across the throat thing like don't do it stop stop <laughs> and like all i seen was red like i was like we're not going home empty-handed <laughs> And, you know, mind, I'm looking at this bull, like he's, you know, 90 yards away. And I'm like, oh, my God, you know, if he, if he tries to shoot this calf, the game's over. And I know we're still in the game, so I'm like, no, no, don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, withstands the urge to kill. And, uh, man, he just drops back and starts calling and starts breaking branches and cow calling and breaking branches. And, I'm, I mean, this whole calling process, I, I mean, I'm going to say it, it lasts like an hour and 15 minutes of interaction with this wow. bull. 
yeah, it was intense, man. And I'm ranging, you know, I've ranged every hole. And at this point I had had it, you know, I'm calmed down. And, uh, sure enough, man, I had, I had ranged this opening. It was like 52 yards and this bull starts walking. And I'm like, here he comes. He committed fully and comes out of this dark tent. Just like you can see his rack just coming up. And, uh, he hits that hole and like frontal right to me. And I put my 50 yard pin on his chest. I'm like, I'm going to kill him right here. Well, he keeps walking and he's walking. So I'm like, okay. So I go down to my 40 yard pin, 30 yard pin. Next thing I know, this bull's at 10 yards. Holy crap. Yeah. Uh, quartering to me a little bit and he's staring like right towards Tricky that had been calling. And I just put it, you know, right in front of that shoulder bone and just let it eat. And it buried up to the fletch. And, and at, right at first, initially, I thought, and I'm like, oh, my God. But he turned to run, and I just saw the red start coming out of him. And I turn and look at Tyler, and he's, like, running to me. And I throw my bow and, like, <laughs> gave him a hug. Like, I gave him a hug, and I look up on the It hadn't been six or seven seconds, and that bull's tumbled down dead. Oh, man. Dude, I was weeping. Like, I was <laughs> – I just I – didn't, I didn't know, like, I had – I didn't know what like to do. I just, you know, the culmination of just like working, working it into the dirt for a year and some change, you know, getting up early and going and running and going and doing all this different stuff, spending all this time looking on Onyx, doing all this crazy stuff and ends up happening. You know, it all comes together. It just is like a wave of emotion. I was just like, I didn't know. I just started. I don't know. And Jordan, like, dude, when he threw that bow, it was pretty awesome. <laughs> So he, you, you literally tossed your compound. Like, you launched that joker, huh? Oh, dude, at that point, I could have thrown it off a cliff. I didn't care because we'd got it done. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like it was a wave of emotion. It was so awesome, man. That's that's so, crazy. What was the bull? What was he? Was he a 5x5? 3x3? Five five, yeah. 5x5? Yeah, five five. Five. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. That's awesome. And it was just a small group? That small group? It was just him and six or seven cows, huh? Yeah, he had stole a few cows and made his own little harem nice so at that point did you did you go back to thinking how did how do people miss elk do what <laughs> at that point did you go back to thinking how did how do people miss uh miss elk no i, I mean i <laughs> not at 10 yards <laughs> I, I, I would be yeah it's funny I, I think that's that's the most redeeming part of the story is to, to have early on had that shot at at what'd you say like 30 something yards and uh or 40 yards you think is what you said early right but it's just straight down yeah yeah and then to be able to 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 punch it in there and, and bring it home I mean, y'all did, did y'all do any more hunting after that or did packing it out of there take it take the kind of the the gas out of your sails we we went like so at the same time tyler and or tyler and david were uh on the back side of us and they had found like found a couple like a couple dead heads and some other stuff and uh they were out hunting on that side and the next day like that night we spent it took us a while to get tyler and david back to us let's just put it like that but we got it back and the next day we uh we went and hunted that morning but we knew we had to leave and head home because we had like it was what saturday afternoon jordan yeah and we had to be home so like we needed to start the trek home and uh we we went and found a public shower after our morning hunt that was more or less just a ride around um and that was the greatest shower i've ever had in my life <laughs> yeah well, Tricky, what time did we kill the bull? Like, one, was it one twenty or twelve? It was twelve fifty three. Okay, yes, yeah, so the twelve fifty three. He was dead, and we didn't get him back to our camp until about one. Until when? One o'clock in the morning. Holy cow! What took you so long, man? 
So <laughs> we had a deal with, with, you know, we were going, so the way Tyler and David told us they were going and they were going to come back out is, you know, we were going to do the three bugles back to back to back meant that we needed you to come straight to us. And, um, uh, they were. They told us they were going to come back out the way that they had went in, and they didn't. <laughs> so I'm up there ripping bugles like a madman. Jordan's like, like, Jordan goes like, man, we're not, you know, we're not, we're not cutting this bull up until we get them. So I drop my pack and uh, I take off going back down. So that was a seven mile trek. Is that right, Jordan? Yeah, back there and back. Yeah. Down back was seven miles. So I went and got them. Came back up there. We got pictures and. But man, the second we started cutting on that elk. I mean, we were going pretty quick, I would say. Yeah, yeah, we got eight hands out of so. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> then we started uh, packing that bad boy out, and, uh, you know, that's a lot of animal, dude. And we deboned everything, and it's still <laughs> every single one of us was weighed down. Really? Uh, it was crazy, wasn't it? Yeah, it was It was definitely a load. How, yeah, long, how long did it take y'all to consume all that elk? Took me about three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I ate my last steak four weeks ago, four or five weeks ago. Oh, man. But I was eating it like crazy. I'm not even lying. I imagine you were. Yes. I mean, you can go back again this year and get some more, so why not? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So awesome. I, I'm, I'm curious, in hindsight, what would you have done differently on this trip? Never, never, ever, ever, ever start up a trailhead and call with your bow on your back. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> cool. That seems, like, that that seems like common sense, though. Yeah. You say that now. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine there's a degree of it that the like the excitement maybe clouds a little bit of it, right? You're just probably trying to get back there and, and, and get amongst it, and then uh, maybe you got there a little too quickly. It sounds like, but well, I th- I, th- I think another thing, like Jordan, I guess you know we've talked about this over and over, is like how aggressive you can be with elk. Like we were trying that one day when we were running behind them, and it was awesome. We were like right behind them, and. Uh, we were trying to be ninja. So, like, when, you know, when they heard us, like, call at them or something, they're like, well, heck, we never heard you guys until you just got here. Like, you're, something's not right here. So, they kept moving. Um, but, like, broke a twig and they'd start bugling at you and start calling back at you. So, I mean, just like, you know, we're used to hunting. You know, if we go into an area and hunt, we're trying to stalk or trying to be, like, real quiet to get to the tree stand or going after a turkey, looking out for those eyes or, you know, trying to move real stealth through the woods. But... With elk, I think, like, I wish we had known the cow calling and breaking twigs thing before. Yeah. I mean, I had, I think I've heard that on several podcasts that I'd kind of listened to about where you don't have to be super quiet. Because, like I said, they're making a ton of noise walking around out there as well, like you mentioned. So, that that's definitely something to keep in mind uh, when you're going out there. And were you guys expecting to hear a bunch of bugling when you got out there? I mean, kind of, I know when you hit that call, you were probably expecting to hear something yell back at you i'm sure and then you're thinking you okay now i'm gonna get my bow out or whatever is that what y'all were expecting yeah that's that's what i was expecting i'm like i'm gonna rip this bugle he's gonna bugle back we're gonna take our bow off and we're gonna kill him but <laughs> never thought oh he's just gonna barrel on not make a piece of yards <laughs> right yeah that's what i was thinking i was like yeah they hit a call thinking okay we're gonna get a response back real quick and then we'll get everything ready and rock and roll but it sounds like y'all were just got lucky and he were just right on top of one without even knowing it. So, um, which is kind of cool because you you got some excitement kind of out of the way right out of the get go. I would believe. So, that's awesome. That's awesome. What I, I never heard you guys say. What time of year were you out there? I'm sure. I'm assuming it was September. Was it like the first of September or um? What were the dates? 
I want to say that was second two weeks. Yeah. Okay, so middle September when you were out there. Okay, and it was hardcore rut that time. We got into him. Yeah. It was. Don't worry, Chase. I still have all the the GPS screenshots that that Chase that Tyler was sending me throughout that time. So we we can hone in on that uh, privately. Oh Lord. Did y'all see any other animals out there besides like the mule deer? Were you seeing bears or anything else while you were out there? So we, I, I you know, I didn't. Um, we talked to actually we called last week and talked to Ralph, and he was saying to Ridge over he had watched wolves. Hell okay. yeah. Yeah, I knew there was some out there. And uh, we had seen We'd be a good moose. Okay, saw a moose while you were out there? Yeah, pretty big boy. Yes, we, we did. We did. Okay. Jordan. I was actually more scared of the moose than I was a bear. <laughs> yeah, yeah you should be. Jokers are aggressive. Yeah, for sure. Jordan, what, what, I didn't get your concluder. Uh, what, what would you have done differently? And you can't say the same thing as Tyler. No, I mean, I think the two takeaways was – we should have moved camp closer to where the elk were because, I mean, by that day we told like that walking was just brutal. I mean, we had put on, I mean, what we put on, we did like 85 miles, nine or 10 days of hunting. Um, so we were like you know, pretty tired by that point. So that would be the first thing is camp closer to where the elk were. And then the second thing for me was, you know, we had hiked a ton, but, I didn't do enough hiking like day after day after day after day in my feet. My feet were the only thing that bothered me. They started like really aching. So I think, you know, training would be just more consistent day in, day out hiking to get your feet better suited. Cause like physically, like, you know, conditioning wise, I was great, but it's just my feet. Like by the end of those days, my feet were starting to hurt pretty bad from side healing. So yeah, I could see how that is. That's one of the things my uncle said to me was that. I needed to go find a, a bridge that had a, um, a like like gra- loose gravel rock around the base, and then just side hill up and down the side of that 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 bridge, just like straightening uh, strengthening the the ankle ligaments and stuff like that. He's just it's a totally different demand on your on your legs and feet. Mm-hmm. There you go. Well, guys, what what uh, what do you want to leave the audience with in the final moments of this podcast about your trip out west? Be it. Um, a, a cautionary tale or a, a word of encouragement. What? What? Do you, how do you want to wrap this up and put a bow on it? Man, I think I think the big thing for me, Walt, is just like, man, there's so much stuff that's achievable if you'll just do it. Like, put your mind to it and do it. Like, there's so many folks you go and read these forums. They say like, I can never do this. I can never do that. And, but these same, you know, this. I'm not even going to delve down that. But you, <laughs> it's all about priorities and like what you make a priority and, and doing it and like, you know. um I'm very, very blessed that, you know, I get to go do all that stuff with, uh, you know, my three, my three brothers, you know, and we go hunt all over. Like I sold a truck to finance going to hunt, uh, Illinois with Jordan. I didn't even shoot. I missed the deer and I'd do it again tomorrow. You know, it's just that stuff that I'll never, ever, you know, I could never can be taken from me. And I think that's the big thing is, you know, we focus on horns and all this other stuff, but just getting out there amongst it and just experiencing it and just stop making excuses. If it's a priority, you'll figure it out. Jordan, how about you, buddy? Yeah, man, I'll second that. I mean, you know, just go out and do it. I mean, it, it the, you know, the public land's there. The, you know, it's a possibility. You know, like I said, growing up thinking it was just, you know, this real expensive thing that, you know, only rich people could do. But just freaking do it if you want to do it. You can you can do it and get it done. There you go. Right on. And, and, and Walt, if, if anyone really, and I'd like to see what 
filming they got of it. You go to YouTube, Engaging Conserve Outdoors. We're there and on Instagram at Engaging Conserve. And we've got the three-part, se- like we did three-part series of our, our elk hunt. And like, you know, it's not, you know, we're not Hessian born and raised quality or Jason Mansing or anything like that. But it's, uh, you know, it gets you there and you'll see a lot of what we're talking about. And I highly encourage folks, if they want to learn more and find out more about us, check us out there on Facebook or on Instagram. Right on, man. Well, guys, I appreciate y'all taking time out your evening. If you'll hang on one second, I'm going to wrap this up. But I want to chat with you uh, offline. Guys. This was an awesome podcast. Thank you for for letting us beta test this uh, four-way call on FaceTime. I think it turned out well. It was nice early on. I got to look them in the eyes and and, and see the passion and see see like the little subtleties that you miss when you're on the on the phone call, but I know it turned out well and I know you enjoyed this. So, do us a favor, go and subscribe to Engage and Conserve Outdoors YouTube channel. Like them on You got a Facebook still, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. I thought you had one rigged up. I couldn't remember, but go and give them a like on Facebook. Uh, follow them on Instagram and, and uh, be sure to, to check out the content they've got coming out because Tyler's dropping a whole array of videos from turkey season and this upcoming uh, trip out west he's going to have up there too. So, um, But until next time, y'all get outside and enjoy the outdoors. I'm Will Cooper, host of Hunt Stand's Make Your Mark podcast. If you haven't already, download the free Waypoint TV app to listen to our podcast and watch the original films from Hunt Stand Presents anywhere, anytime, and on any device. Oh, that's awesome. Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience. Brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts. Every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment.